Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Don't let anybody get in your way. Follow your dream. Do it the right way. Be honest about it. Do the right thing when nobody's looking. That's the greatest advice I can give you. Taking you beyond the ropes. The most exciting part about a golf game is the ball curved. Now we live in a world where there's no curve. It's pull or push and bombs away. I believe the complete player of the future is going to know both art and data. Unforgettable stories. Fluff would call me after a practice round, and he would say to me, Peter, this kid, Tiger Woods, hits shots like I've never seen. This kid is unbelievable. And then Tiger would call like 20 minutes later and say, Peter, you won't believe this. I registered and they gave me a free car to drive. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, I'm really sad that my wife and kids aren't here to celebrate this with me. Uh, I can't wait to see them. Babe, I love you. Uh, I don't know what to say. This is so exciting. <laughs> Excuse me. I just played such good golf today and stayed within myself, believed in myself. I couldn't have asked for anything more. If that doesn't make you love the game of golf, connecting that well and that way with everyone because of the emotion from a 35-year-old Michael Thompson winner yesterday. This from PGATour.com, recapping what took place over the course of the 3M Open. Michael Thompson birdied. Two of the last three holes on Sunday, shot a four under par 67. A two-stroke victory at the 3M Open was a result, finishing off his second PGA Tour win the last seven years ago. Adam Long took second. He shot a 64. Richie Wierenski, who shared the lead with Thompson after both Friday and Saturday, shot a 70. That was his worst round for the tournament. He settled in a nine-way tie for third. That was three strokes back. Thompson finished on 19 under par. Aggregate was 265. The event at TPC Twin Cities. Tony Finau finished in the third place group two. He had a round of 68. Nobody thought the windy and muggy week in Minnesota was could be any steadier than the play of Thompson. He entered the week 151st in FedEx Cup standings. He rocketed all the way up to 39th on the way to Memphis, Tennessee for the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational this week. He definitely steered around the water danger at the 18th, landing his approach on the back of the green to within 15 feet with Long in the clubhouse. Having played five groups ahead, Thompson had two putts to win, but he only needed one. Bending backwards, thrusting both of his arms straight up in the air after the ball dropped into the cup. Thompson's best previous finish in the stopped and restarted 2019-2020 season was a tie for eighth at the Travelers Championship recently in Connecticut. And he missed the cut in the last start of the Workday Charity Open in Ohio two weeks ago. For the win, not only did he secure a spot in the U.S. Open prize, but almost $2 million for his efforts. That's nearly 12% of his career earnings on the PGA Tour, and he's been out there for a long time. Finau was the only one in contention this weekend who already had secured a U.S. Open spot thanks to his seventh-place finish 
in a FedEx Cup standings last year and being number 16 in the world ranking as of the 15th of March when the coronavirus spread prompted the three-month pause. The USGA rolled out special rules in preparation for the rescheduled September 17th to 20th major. You might recall it winged foot in New York after the pandemic wiped out the regular qualifiers and stroke play over the last four seasons. Finau has finished 35 rounds inside of the top three, by far the most of any without a win on the tour through that stretch. Tommy Fleetwood with 20 is the second most. Now, Adam Long, who needed a birdie, uh, both his second to last hole in the second round on Friday just to reach the weekend, missed the cut on three of his last five starts out of the pause. He shot a 63 on Saturday, the low score for the tournament. That was matched five other times over the four rounds and posted eight birdies on Sunday. His bogey in the par 317 stood out, though, leaving it his first putt short, but he picked up the second available spot in the U.S. Open with a second-place finish nonetheless. Defending champion Matthew Wolf. he was in striking distance after his birdie at the 14th, but he followed three straight pars with a six-stroke bogey on the 18th. His tee shot was well wide of the fairway, and his fourth try from the rough did not reach the green. Wolf finished on the mark of 14 under par. So much to celebrate with what Michael Thompson did. Now, it's interesting that... In that recap, uh, PGATour.com is where you can find it. So much discussion was had about that 18th hole because it's got the water that runs all the way down the right side, and then the green is kind of tucked behind another finger of water that is out in front of it. And the hole location, uh, yesterday was on the right. Uh, The day before it was on the right. It was even more precarious, I thought, on Saturday than it was yesterday. But on Saturday, Michael Thompson hit his drive into the water, took a drop, Went for the green in two, which, which, yes, was a challenge because I just said it was, I meant left. It was front left was the whole location. It was tucked in his, this little corner where the water was very dangerous. Carried over the whole location green into a bunker in the back. All right, so now he's there in three. I know, I know this is Saturday, but I just thought, one, I thought that shot to the green, decided to go for the green, had courage. And then from the bunker, he hit a great shot, just like he had a long, great shot from the bunker yesterday, but not on 18, but but he hit one brilliantly yesterday as well. But on 18 on Saturday, when he blasted from the bunker, he did it with such acceleration with the water there in front of you that if you caught it even a, a smidgen of a blade low, there was the risk that would run right through and back into the water again. The penalty area. Instead, he hit this fantastic shot, was able to save par there, and carry on such as it was. That birdie that he made from the bunker yesterday was spectacular. Mark Carnivale and Earl Forsey were the voice of PGA Tour Radio. Let's get their recap, gents. Well, Maddie, thanks. It's a fun tournament at the 3M Open. Always is. Back-to-back years now. We have had a lot of drama, and we had it again Sunday. Mark Carnivale was alongside. Boy, a bunch of players made runs, Carney, on Sunday in the end. Michael Thompson, the veteran, did just enough down the stretch to win it. You know, if you're a player, you're a title sponsor, you're a fan, what happened in this golf tournament the last two years with the back nine, it's got to excite you because ultimately what happened particularly today with Michael Thompson is he stepped up and he hit golf shots. It was a battle. Anybody could have won once this final grouping got to the back nine, Earl, but he stood up, hit golf shots. He deserved the win. 
and, and it's really very special. And a meaningful win for him gets a spot in next week's World Golf Championships, FedEx St. Jude Invitational, also earns an invite to the U.S. Open this fall. A lot of players made runs. One, it was early, Tony Finau, but again, another weekend, Carney, that it just didn't happen for him down the stretch. I don't know what it is. I mean, there's something, whether it's his course management or just under the gun, he's just not able to hit hit the golf shots. I mean, he's had some unbelievable success, but just one win on his career, and it's got to bother. You would think it has to bother him, and hopefully, he figures it out. Impressive week, impressive weekend, Matt. For the winner, Michael Thompson moves into the top forty in FedEx Cup points, and. He'll be walking in Memphis next week with that win, heading over to the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Yeah, thank you very much, gentlemen. Appreciate your work, as always. PGA Tour Radio can be heard this week as well from the World Golf Championships FedEx Invitational. Uh, the, The bounty that he was able to score from that victory, and he earned it, is stout. He spoke immediately afterwards, and that was the little cut that you just heard to start the show this morning with Amanda Balionis, and you could hear the emotion. This is courtesy of the PGA Tour and CBS, where Amanda starts the interview by saying, Michael Thompson, what does this victory mean? It's been a long time. (laughs) Um, I'm really sad that my wife and kids aren't here to celebrate this with me. Uh, I can't wait to see them. Babe, I love you. I don't know what to say. This is so exciting. (laughs) Excuse me. I just played such good golf today and stayed within myself, believed in myself. I couldn't have asked for anything more. You're allowed to be emotional. You worked really hard for this moment. I know they're watching at home, but in terms of job security, this does everything for you. You got to change your flight for next week (laughs) from Tahoe to Memphis. You've worked your way now into the PGA Championship, into the U.S. Open, into the FedEx Cup playoffs. You're now from 151 to 39th. What does that type of job security mean for you? I mean, it's it's the world. I mean, that's, that's what makes this game so unbelievable is that we have to play for a job every year. And to know that I have security for two more years and to get in all those tournaments, I'm, I, you know, one of my biggest goals was to get back to winged foot. That was my first U.S. Amateur. It's my favorite golf course in the whole world. Um, to get in the PGA and get in next week, it's just a huge bonus. I have to get my mind right for sweating next week. But, uh, oh, man, it's just so exciting. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's what I'm talking about. That That kind of raw emotion absolutely fantastic i want to go through at least the top 10 with you on the leaderboard we have plenty of people to talk about we have plenty of time and days to do it we have a special guest coming up too that's that's really starting to etch himself a very distinctive path uh, in the game of golf from a media perspective and from a from an overall perspective that is uniquely his so i'm looking forward to going through some of maybe perhaps some of the big names in the game of golf and what's going on with them in that regard but here were the names that did some big things at the 3m open and thus finished in the top 10 this leaderboard update is brought to you by the stream song resort.com michael thompson finishing at 19 under par with 67 in the final day for him had his shaky moments there's no doubt and there there was definitely some movement atop the leaderboard but ultimately that's the way that it finished alone in second adam long with that weekend of 63 and 64 very distinctive you're going to hear from adam here in a moment tied for third robbie shelton with a final round 64 moved up 16 places on the leaderboard into that 
tie for third. You really didn't hear much about what Robbie did on the broadcast yesterday in fairness, but you will hear his voice on the Fairways of Life show. Charles Howell III also rose 10 spots on the leaderboard. So too did Emiliano Grillo, both finishing in a tie for third on 16 under par, both shooting final rounds of 65. Alex Noren, good solid final round. 66 for Alex. He finished in a tie for third. Haven't really heard too much from Alex in some time. Tie for third for Tony Finau at 16 under par. There were many that believed that yesterday might be Tony Finau's day to break through again, and alas, he was unable to do so. Tied for third as well, Max Homa, rounds of 64 and 67 on the weekend. Cameron Tringali, who went 63-66 on Saturday and Sunday for that tie for third. Richie Wierenski, who finished with a 70 on the final day to finish three shots back at 16 under par. I'm sure it was a learning opportunity for Richie as well. Charles Schwartzel tied for third. Again, another player who we haven't really heard much from in some time because of the injuries and more, and he finished tied for third, three shots back at 16 under par. Perhaps there's even more in store for him. Uh, Dennis Paulson was working for PGA Tour Radio. He had a chance to speak with Michael Thompson. This is the sequential order of who Michael Thompson spoke to and what he said. But first, BenHoganGolf.com, please log on and see the wonderful product that they have to offer to you. It is all micromanufactured. That means that it's not batch-created. They don't do all seven iron one day and eight irons next, et cetera, as many big companies do. These are made one at a time exclusively for you. It is a direct relationship, you to them, them to you. They're like your tour van, except they're down in Fort Worth, right, where Mr. Ben Hogan started the original company in 1953. So no middleman, no retailer in the middle means you're going to save a 40%, 50% retail markup. Get all the same great technology, the beautiful craftsmanship and artistry that is their product, and you're going to save a heck of a lot of money. BenHoganGolf.com for that. So DP had a chance to catch up with Michael Thompson. Obviously, he's still tingling and, and still very emotional from everything that took place. And DP started by asking about what it means to win number two in the PGA Tour, the second in seven years, and how exciting it was. So exciting. I'm, I'm so glad that my son, who's three, kind of knows what's going on. He got to see me play under pressure and see me win. I mean, that's, I can't wait to give him a big hug. Um, it's just so awesome, man. I just don't know what to say. Um, like I said yesterday, we, we live for our kids and, um, I can't wait to celebrate with them. So awesome. I'll give you an easier one. A, B or C. Yes, no, or maybe playing next week in Memphis. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll play in any one of those, uh, those, those, uh, WGCs every chance I get. Um, uh, I'm excited. I love that golf course too. I, I really like TPC Southwind. I think it's one of the best TPC courses in the country. And, um, man, this is, this is just awesome. When they firmed the greens up and made them Bermuda, I knew that was technical and you love it. Congratulations on a great wing. And oh, by the way, you're now in the U.S. Open also. Man, that's so awesome. I love Wingfoot. I can't wait to go there. Those stories and that, that theme about, again, I called it the bounty of what he's getting because of that victory is important. And, and that also, I think, adds to the fun. Now, there is the story within the story within the story here where he's talking about his children. They just, over the, over the shutdown, he and his wife adopted a baby girl. 
fact, they went to watch the birth and all the rest. So the, so you're already getting the impression that, I mean, you guys know because Michael Thompson's a friend of the Fairways of Life show and he appears on here with regularity and was on uh, just recently. Uh, but he he and his family and his wife, they're, they're very selfless people, very humble people. Remember when we talked to, to Michael about, you know, his – what he's most proud about with what he's accomplished, etc. And he's extremely proud that he became an Eagle Scout. If I mean that you can't be more humble in terms of, of marking one of your the high points of accomplishment in your life and you talk about how proud you are of being an Eagle Scout. That's Michael Thompson. That's how unique he is. Now, the next interview with Michael is the longest of the sound bites that we have from the new champion. He spoke with Steve Burkowski, so this is courtesy of the PGA Tour and courtesy of Golf Channel and NBC. And he had a, he wanted to talk to him first of all about because remember after Saturday, Michael was honest because that's him about how he was being impacted by the nerves being back in the position for the first time in a long time. Well, Steve starts out by asking about how he managed the nerves. I want you to hear that in just one second. Frenchlick.com. We're going there in October because simply put, it's awesome. Uh, they have a, a Pete Dye golf course. They have a Donald Ross golf course. I want to get immersed in a Donald Ross golf course because I love it. I think it's a Donald Ross museum. Both courses are major championship courses. You're going to see them both. You're going to play them both. Plus, we're going to do everything else that there is to do there that is so much fun, including the fancy dinners, including their two historic hotels, of which for the first time that I've been there with the group, we're going to stay at the nicer, more luxurious one, the West Baden. All of that lies in store. And for everyone that goes to play golf, you're going to end up with PTX Pro Forge Perimeter Weighted Irons from Ben Hogan. That's what happens with the Fairways of Life family. We're, we're marrying all together. Frenchlick.com for that. And Bridgestone is still doing that promotion I was telling you guys about. I haven't really seen him advertise it that much. I just I, I saw it on, to be honest with you, I saw it on Twitter. That you log on to BridgestoneGolf.com, you get V-Fit, and when you get V-Fit... After they, you know, that's where you have a buddy take video from the angles that they tell you to with your phone. It's not a big deal. They send you a sample of the ball that they say they're going to tell you which ball you should be playing. It's as optimum for your game, your swing. And here's a free sample of the ball. I mean, are you kidding me? You can't ask for anything more. BridgestoneGolf.com to get the more that they're offering. Steve Burkowski and Michael Thompson. Starting with that question again. How did you handle the nerves in the final round of coming down the stretch? Still had nerves. They weren't quite as high as they were yesterday. I think when I got done, I told myself uh, that I hit a lot of really great shots yesterday under 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 pressure, under some nerves, and and I said, basically told myself, hey man, you got this. Just go play. Just and and I felt like I did that really well. I hit my driver was better today. Um, to step up on 18 and and hit that drive down the fairway after what happened yesterday was huge. Um, and I. I played really smart golf. You know, I didn't uh, like Richie Rowinski was kind enough to come up to me and said, "Man, you didn't, you didn't make a mistake this weekend." You know, and um, that uh, that was, I don't know. Man, it's it's just awesome that I was able to do that. You know, and, and to create these new memories that I can that I can rely on in the future. Your first win was back in 2013. Seven years in between victories, but the journey has not been a straight line. How would you describe? what the ups and downs have been like for you yeah it um you know the after the win i got into some great tournaments and uh 
you know, had a few good, good, good events, but really didn't play well. And then I started searching for, with, with my swing, started trying to be a better ball striker and got away from what got me out on tour. And um, I learned a lot through that time, um, working with a couple different coaches. And then uh, this past year, I finally committed to going back to what I've always done, which is to hit, uh, hit a fade and kind of have my hands back, strong grip and, you know, just do my thing. And I think if I believe in that, it's it. Uh, I can hit some great golf shots, just just like anybody out here. And um, you know, the, the four years going back to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals was, you know, really a blessing for me because it it showed me my resilience and and my desire, my drive to want to compete with the best players in the world on the PGA Tour. Personally, 2020 has been an exciting year for you. <laughs> you and your family adopted a new baby girl. A few months ago, what will it mean to bring this trophy back to home to the crew that's now oh, bigger by one? It's it means the world. I can't wait to give my son the biggest hug, um, to celebrate with him, go get cupcakes or something, you know, um, you know, to hug and cry with my wife. You know, we we've worked so hard, and she's been such a huge support for me. Um, it's gonna make me tear up again. Um, She's never stopped believing in me and what I can do. Um, and I'm so thankful. So cool. Such an emotional celebration of everything that it takes to be an athlete, to compete, and to win at the game's highest level. Now, as you guys recall, Michael was with us recently on the Fairways of Life show and Don booked him and we spoke to him because not only is he a friend of ours, but because we had this sense that something was happening with Michael. So I asked him the question, what is it? Is it a comfort level? Is it an age and experience thing? What seems different about you, Michael Thompson, now? I've always believed I'm kind of an old soul and, and with the way the tours going uh and getting younger and younger i'm i'm kind of following the uh the old standard of you you hit your peak in your 30s and maybe early 40s and you know there's nothing wrong with that i uh i'm i'm actually really excited with my game right now and where where my career is is headed i i feel like i'm owning my swing again um my putter is starting to uh to catch fire and uh you know i'm 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 at the age now where I'm I'm more comfortable in my own skin than I ever have been. And I think that's a big a big key to success on the golf course is just believing in who you are and how you play the game and what what your uh your your best attributes are and making those shine and um you know I'm never going to be a, a Bubba Watson or a, a Rory McIlroy or Bryson DeChambeau. I'm I need to go out and play Michael Thompson golf. And if I go do that, I can make as many birdies as anybody. And uh, that's the key to, to confidence on the golf course. And I'm, I'm discovering that. And I'm really excited for the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Appropriately so. Michael Thompson from the Fairways of Life show recently. We have a special guest, as I mentioned to you guys, coming up after this break. I am so proud of this man, uh, a consummate professional with stout credentials behind what he does, but he's starting to distinctively etch his own niche in in the golf media landscape, uh, such that comments, insights, 
mean something in terms of providing all of us with a deeper understanding, maybe a different perspective as to what is going on in and around the game of golf. That is coming up after this break. We're going to continue down the road as well of bringing you the names that meant so much yesterday. Some of the names that we'll be discussing after this, though, were not there for the weekend. What does it mean for the likes of Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka or maybe Rory who took the, the week off and more? What is happening with Tiger Woods? He's not going to play uh, this week at the World Golf Championship event. What does that mean for the PGA Championship at large? We'll touch on all of these subjects and more when we come back. I'd like for you guys to touch on the touredge.com website when you get an opportunity because there you will see the full breadth and width of their line. Yes, it does include their Exotics Pro product, which is fantastic. I've got to do a, a feature on them on the video side coming up in the next few days, and I'm excited to do so because the product is absolutely beautiful. I know that they have professional ambassadors, people they pay to play the product, but these guys can play whatever they want. If they're going with a particular company, it's because they believe, but perhaps it's even more of a testimonial to the product's virtues in that there are many, many players that are playing the product amongst the world's highest ranks because they want to. If you want to, check out touredge.com when you get an opportunity and see pound for pound why they are the best value in the game with all the technology and the beauty and something literally for everyone. More of the Fairways of Life show around the world after these words. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present, from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices, a pint and music at a cosy pub. But most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people, who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home, but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. TourEdge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put TourEdge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. TourEdge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old US of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. TourEdge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. 
Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company live on this Monday from wherever you are joining us around the globe absolute delight to talk about uh, through the course of the program today what michael thompson did yesterday in winning again on the pga tour in such an emotional victory you know he admitted that he didn't spend most of the lockdown you know grinding away at his game to prepare himself for this breakthrough seven years after his first no he was spending the time with his family which included the adoption of that new baby daughter which is Awesome. Excited about our next guest, Will Haskett. You guys know him as a golf broadcaster. He's also broadcasted many other sports, 14 different sports in every imaginable medium, in fact. He works for SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio. He's one of our contributors on Golf Channel, PGA Tour Live. He's been heard and seen on many other outlets as well, including ESPN, Westwood One, CBS, the Longhorn Network, Fox Sports, Turner Sports, the NCAA, the Horizon League, and Butler University, and, and many, many more. He's worked the Final Four. He's worked the Masters. He's worked the PGA Championship. He's worked over 100 NCAA championships in 13 different sports. He's also the host of a podcast that, if you guys haven't heard it, I would strongly recommend that you give it a listen. It's called The Perfect Number Podcast which you can find wherever you download your podcast. I'm very proud of the work that Will does and the path that he is etching for himself. Will, welcome to the program. How have you been? I'm exhausted listening to that entire list of stuff I've done, Matt. I've, uh, <laughs> I've almost forgotten half of those things. Thanks for the intro. Sure. Very kind of you. No, it's it's absolutely, and you've done some fun stuff during the lockdown too. You've got your kids and your family involved mm. in the little video clips. How have they, they gone over? You know, really good. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm now thinking about it. I got to get my Monday video up at some point today and look back at what happened at 3 a.m. and look at some of the numbers and do our math and all the fun things that we do. But I found that I get 10 times the views when I put my kids into it. So I'm kind of at a crossroads here where I don't know who's watching for what reasons anymore. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm, I'm twisting their arms right now to be a part of the content. But I, I feel like I need them now, Matt. Like they're, they're my lucky <laughs> charm, my go-to, and, and my ratings grabber. Well, now you know what it's like to manage talent. There you go. That's there you right. go. Now, the, the the perfect number podcast. I've mentioned this to you before. Whenever I talk to, to kids about getting into the field of media, even whether it's golf or otherwise, I always say to them, the first thing you need to do is to be an expert at something. 
You need to be a go-to expert at something somewhere where people go to you and go, you, there's a particular area that, that you know as well or better than anyone else. You have gone down this path, Will, where you, you just mentioned it. You're using numbers to explain stories and then building stories around the data that you come up with. Had, was that always something that was part of your makeup? Is, is were, were you a kid who was really into math, et cetera? Or when and how did you decide that numbers actually speak to so much more? Yeah, definitely always been a part of my life. I mean, I'm the son of an actuary, you know, math minor in college, all those things. But as a broadcaster, I've always loved stats. You know, I've always loved if it's a basketball game or a football game or whatever I was doing from a play by play standpoint, really diving into those pregame notes. Because to me, and I don't like that a lot of times, you know, it's the the athlete will look at you and say, you know, you can't talk about what I'm doing if you haven't played the sport. I've never really been a fan of that train of thought, but I also have enough respect for the coaches or the athletes that I'm interviewing or talking to to say, like, you're right. I, I can't I can't know what's going on in, in your head inside the field of competition or inside the ropes of a professional event. And so the easiest way for me to look at trends or to try and figure out why something happened or what may still come to be is to look into you know the data the stats the probabilities and the things that come up with it and as i've sort of matriculated i guess into being a predominant golf broadcaster at, opposed to other sports especially in the pga tour i don't think there's a sport in the world you know maybe outside of baseball that is as numbers crazy as this game is whether it's just the purity of playing it and you're looking at yardages and distances and everything to what shot link has sort of given us and so in this never-ending space that we exist in now with podcasts or global radio programs that can be live on the internet or wherever it may be, you know, there's so many lanes that are occupied. And a few years back when I just, you know, kind of had the itch because I was missing out on having a, more of a, a weekly or daily audience to talk to outside of the actual live broadcast, I just th said to myself, well, maybe this is something that's a little bit underserved. And I'll be the first to admit, there are people that are out there that are significantly better at this than I am. People that can build their own models and their own computer programs and everything. And, and they're downloading data uh, on a daily basis to sort of do this. Like, I'm not a computer programmer. I am not somebody that knows how to do that. And I'm thankful that I can use some of these people who have become, I guess, professional friends. What I try and do is provide a little bit of context in, in yes. my broadcasting from – the play-by-play -play standpoint or the discussion of things to say, all right, let's use all these tools out here to answer some of the why questions or how questions that we have about the game. Absolutely. And that's the part that I love about it, that you give us a perspective on the numbers that you're having. In a general sense, in, in kind of a broad brush, net as wide as I can cast it here, uh, Will Haskett, are you seeing trends relative to numbers, and you take this where you please, that would be unique in this year? And if so, what would they be? No, I mean, I think the, the biggest story is obviously what Bryson DeChambeau is doing, but I'll caution anybody that gets into this. And, and a lot of people that I speak with, and including a lot of the data geeks, and, and I say that as a loving term, I guess I consider myself one of the geeks now when it comes to it. But I, um, I think a lot of people get stuck in a one track frame of mind. Um, I was having a conversation with Mark Illman about this last week at Memorial and I even mentioned it in one of my hits on Morning Drive, I think, two weeks ago. I'm actually, think, mm -hmm. more fascinated in psychology and mental toughness right now than I am actually, you know, stats and strength and all of these things. And you have to find this perfect marriage. But to answer your the initial question, the root of the question, to look at it broadly is, 
statistics have shown us without really, I think, any argument, the benefit of distance. Now, we can have an argument in terms of how easy it is to obtain that distance, how different the game has been. Uh, and I encourage people to go back and search an article a few weeks ago on PGATour.com that Sean Martin wrote that traced the element all the way back to when Sam Sneed was effectively ridiculed for electing to hit driver and be super aggressive. Well, the man won 80 plus times on the PGA tour. So, you know, it's, it's not a new concept. It's just, we now finally have data to sort of do it. And so what Bryson DeChambeau is doing is a ridiculous commitment to strength, to his body, because he understands the strategy behind it. But what I don't want people to get lost in, in these numbers, in the ball speed, the, the club head speed, the, what he's eating, what he's lifting, how far the ball is actually going, is then why it is strategically advantageous for him to hit the ball where he is hitting. And then also looking at places where it's not that big of an advantage. He didn't really have as big of an advantage on a giant ballpark at Muirfield Village Golf Club as he did on a tighter, shorter layout at Detroit Country Club or Detroit Golf Club. So it's you have to sort of then provide all of the context around it. But without a doubt, it's the biggest thing right now because it's drawing the most eyeballs to the sport is what is he doing? So what we need to do is then take that conversation and say why he is doing it, why it's always been an advantage and why beyond just the obvious he's hitting it so far, it becomes a huge advantage to him. I think it benefits him more from bogey avoidance than it does making birdies. And I think that's what people don't understand. Fascinating stuff because it's hard to make a bogey when you're getting as close as he is and taking the lines Correct. that he is at some of these classic golf courses as well. So you decide, Will Haskett, if you want to go down a numbers path or I'm I'm as curious about your perspective as I am about the, the data that you can use to, to support different angles. I want to talk to you about a couple of different players and just get your reaction as it comes out. Will Haskett is our guest. He's the host of the Perfect Number podcast. You can catch him on many mediums, including on Golf Channel's Morning Drive. So, Rory McIlroy, right? After the Arnold Palmer invitation where he had a tie for fifth, Charles Schwab, RBC Heritage, Travelers Championship in the Memorial, tie for 32nd, tie for 41st, tie for 11th, okay, and tied for 32nd at the Memorial. What are you seeing, what are you feeling is going on with Rory McIlroy? Yeah, he's not putting it very well. I mean, if you look at just his his just the basic putting numbers that he's had since the restart, you know, this is a guy who you know last year over the course of a season was a, a half shot better. I mean, he was a he was not an elite, but he was definitely a top flight putter in the world of golf. And if Rory McIlroy becomes a top flight putter, then it, it's over for everybody else because we know how good he is. Tee to green, I think his driving makes people overlook how good of an iron player he is. He's probably one of the top five or 10 iron players in the world, uh, which is a crazy thing to think about when he is arguably the best driver of the golf ball in the world at the same sort of time. So when you look at his putting numbers until two weeks ago at Memorial, it, it was a sub zero trend for Rory McIlroy in terms of his strokes gain putting numbers and couple that with the fact that his irons just haven't been as crisp. So while I think the driver is something that always travels for Rory, he's just about a shot worse than he was pre shutdown when it comes to the irons and the putter sort of combined. So if people are unfamiliar, the audience doesn't understand strokes gained to a degree. It's effectively, we look at four different areas of the, of the golfer and how they compare to the average. Well, prior to the shutdown, you know, Rory McIlroy was two and a half shots better than the field per round. 
Now he's a little over a shot better than the field per round. He's still better than average, but he's not the best player in the game statistically since the restart. So I know that when you know he looked at that schedule and he came out firing at Charles Schwab and RBC and Travelers, and he knew after Travelers that there were some things that he needed to tighten up and really actually went back to a guy that doesn't really deal with a lot of instruction. He's not a guy that's sitting out there beating balls with his coach all the time, sort of working to it. He went home and said, you know what, we need to tinker around with some of this stuff. And I thought Memorial, he actually hit the ball pretty well. He just got into some bad spots. So I think there was trends to see that things are coming for him. Uh, and I, it'll be really interesting to see how he plays this week in Memphis because I really like, I mean, who doesn't like Rory's game every week? But I think Harding Park sets up really well for him. And if we can see a little something from the putter, if we can see a little something from the irons this week, uh, then I think that gives us reason to have um, greater faith in Rory McIlroy to not just be a cut maker, but to be a top five and potential winner moving forward into the delayed major season. All right. So Rory McIlroy dispossessed of the world number one ranking by John Rahm. I'm going to ask you the standard new world number one question we'll ask, and that is this. Is John Rahm set to nest for a long time at the top of the world rankings, or will it be a bar fight? Uh, you know, I think it all depends on the, the guys around him. John Rahm's not going anywhere. John Rahm was the second best player in the world going back to late last fall when he went back to back in, what, Spain and Dubai, and then, you know, was a top five machine uh, coming back to the PGA Tour, and his level of consistency and his strokes gained total numbers were just, you know, a hair below Rory McIlroy. So I said it when we were in the middle of the pandemic shutdown, is I thought that we were denied this collision course between Rory and Rom that was going to happen at the players and then moving forward. Uh, he is so good all around, and all doesn't matter what metric you look at, he's getting better and better in all of these particular areas. And I, and I said it, I thought it was pretty symbolic that he wins and becomes the first Spaniard to become number one since Seve, doing it with you know tremendous touch and feel and crafty creativeness around the greens. And but could you imagine if Seve could have driven the golf ball like John Rahm does? I mean, he has he has oak trees for legs. He's he's strong. He's as strong as he needs to be. And if he ever really wanted to take the club, you know, more than three quarters of the way back and let it rip, I mean, he can absolutely take the cover off of the golf ball. There isn't really much flaw in his game. And I think we also forget still how young he is. So no, his game was always poised to be at the top of the sport. And I don't see him going anywhere. It's just a question of, you know, who are the guys around him that continue to push him? Uh, It's not, we're not going to see a tiger like run at the top of the world golf rankings anytime soon, because the top of the sport is just so deep, but it's, who's going to be the guy that pushes him. Is it another push from Rory? Is it one of the younger guys? Is it a, is it a Morikawa run? Is it a Justin Thomas again, getting to the back? But no, John Rahm's not going anywhere. Um, I think he's just built for the long haul. It was, was, I'm curious, Will Haskett, was, was he part of the reason why you went down this path of thinking about the psychology of the game as well? You know, I'm fascinated by psychology for everybody. You know, I think Rory McIlroy to me is the most fascinating psychological question right now because of his own transparency when it comes to his thought process on and off the golf course and quality of life and all of these things. And and I've openly talked to a lot of people about, you know, what does that mean for his winning prospects? I think, yes, I love the fire that John Roms plays with his caddy. Adam Hayes will be the first to tell you that when he's, when he's pissed off, he likes the way that he plays sometimes more than when he's, 
when he's, you know, just kind of normal and nonchalant. I think that harnessing that passion and that fire is so important because, and, and I think he's always gotten a pretty bad rap if you only watch him on TV. He's one of the most delightful, insightful interviews, even after a round where he was totally fiery. He gives amazing sound bites and looks at you and really wants to engage in the conversation that you're having and is is so pleasant to be engaged with. And I think you know, any part of maturity. I mean, I throw a whole lot less clubs in the golf course now at 39 than I did when I was 25 years old. I, I think all of us f- find maturity as we get older and the more mature he gets and understands and harnesses his natural gifts, the better it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, he, he was a fascinating case. I always wondered about the eight to 10 footer under pressure. Cause that to me is the one where if you're running hot, you have to find a way to center yourself. And you know, he made a lot of the putts he needed to, but he also put himself, you know, in some tough positions down the stretch trying to hold off that field. He'll continue to learn. Uh, but yeah, he's, I think he's way more grounded than he was two or three years ago, which is pretty scary. When you look at someone like Dustin Johnson, right? Since we've come back, he's had two miscuts. He's had a withdrawal, tie for 17th to Harris, and he wins the, the Travelers Championship. How do we perceive, manage, the gumbo that is Dustin Johnson right now. I think we, with, with kid gloves right now, because it's a physical situation, you know, it's like the Tiger Woods expectations, you know, for DJ to be as bad as he was at Memorial and, you know, he couldn't make a putt. It, it was, it was really bad. And then thinking, okay, well, if there's anybody that has amnesia or the ability to have amnesia, it's been DJ throughout his career. And I thought that we were seeing some good stuff from him. Uh, you know, obviously winning at Travelers, he did that more in with sh- the short stick than he did with anything else. I mean, it was the first time that he'd won on the PGA Tour when I think he lost strokes off the tee in that tournament. It was all about the putter, which was kind of an anti-DJ way of going about winning for the 21st time. But for me, it's it's all about what was this back injury? You know, how serious is it? You know, we're less than a year removed from, you know, his knee injury, which obviously hampered him and cost him you know, a a really good stretch of golf last year. And when you're somebody who is a physically gifted athlete and so much of his success has been predicated on that, and now you find yourself in your late thirties, he's one of those guys where it's, you didn't expect Dustin Johnson to be Dustin Johnson when he was 47, 48 years old. Like what Phil Mickelson is able to do is, is physically freakish for him to be able to Mm -hmm. swing at that power. He's been blessed with a natural amount of flexibility um, to be able to do that. Like Dustin Johnson, a lot of these other younger guys were not going to have the same ability to sustain that physical, that physical ability all the way through, you know, into their late forties. So is this just a sign of breakdown? These are the little concerns that I sort of have when you look at someone like Dustin Johnson and that if he's so injured that he has to withdraw a week after shooting 80, 80, you know, there are there are broader questions instead of just, oh, week to week, can he figure it out to me? Well, to that point, you've set it up perfectly for his buddy Brooks. You know, I'm going to go back from since the Tour Championship last season. In those 12 events, he's had four missed cuts. He's had a withdrawal. He's had a tie for 62nd at the Memorial. He's had multiple finishes that are 30th or higher. He's had one top 10 I mean, he is just covered with question marks with with Brooks Kepka. Are you concerned? I'm always concerned because of the question marks with Brooks Kepka. I, I, I always wonder, like, what will the textbooks about golf say about the Brooks Kepka era of the game? If 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 he's done winning majors, 
All right. I mean, he's going to be able to probably carve out a career for a while. But if it, we just got the four in this little window of time, like I don't know how we're going to historically represent the incredible run that it was because of the fact that uh, pedestrian is too mean of a word. But he was a, a, he's above average PGA Tour player when it's not in the majors, which is crazy to think about somebody who's won four of them. That the rest of the time, whether it's motivational or whatever it might be, and you know, and you never, I can't really take a lot of what he says fully seriously either, Matt, because we kind of go back and forth on a lot of things. Like, no, my knee is fine. Oh, you know what? My knee kind of hurts when I walk downhill. Yeah, no, I can't blame it for my score. And then a week later, you know what? It's really hard to get around the golf course right now, and it's impacting me a little bit. And, and kind of where things go, like I don't think he's ever fully figured out his perfectly comfortable spot within the game. And now with, you know, a, a knee situation that he never took care of with surgery that he wanted to rehab and play through and that apparently is still lingering and he thinks it may always sort of be with him. You know, what does that do to how he chooses to rev things up? You know, he said a couple of weeks ago that motivation to make the FedEx Cup playoffs is why he was going to play all the way in and it was time for him to go. And, and that was going to be a sort of his motivation. And well, the putter didn't get the memo this past week in the twin cities and, you know, Memorial, it just it never really sort of clicked for him. So I don't know what it's going to take to click. Like, I think a lot of people are looking at him this week on a golf course that he is very familiar with and has been successful on. And obviously won a year ago in Memphis, but also had really good runs when it wasn't a world golf championship event on this property. But I don't know. I just, I feel like I can only count on him to gut it out during the week of a major. So two weeks in San Francisco, maybe, but it, it, he is the ultimate enigma, Matt, when it comes to what's motivating him and what that really means. And then trying to read through, read the tea leaves in terms of, is he physically not right? Is he mentally not right? Is it just golf? Like whatever it is, I, I you cannot, I can't figure him out. It's fascinating. It's an absolutely and a great uh, observation and, and synopsis of the same. Will Haskett uh, can be found at willhaskett.com. His podcast is called The Perfect Number Podcast, and you're used to seeing him across many mediums. You know, to that point of how you're playing, what does it mean, what does it mean going forward, including the PGA Championship and more, Tiger Woods. Talk about an enigma wrapped in a mystery and drizzled with even more question marks as to status or otherwise. How do we judge what's going on with Tiger Woods right now? Because he's as difficult to judge what he says pre-event where I've never felt better. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more prepared. I'm just here to win. And then he finishes and he goes, hey, I got a bad back. It can flare up at any time. And this is the way it goes. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt, you can I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. Like how many Tiger Woods press conferences have you trusted in your lifetime? <laughs> exactly exactly Probably i mean so one. so when i look at him it's look it's one of the greatest sports comeback stories all time any sport mm -hmm. wherever it sort of is like he is what he's able to do physically is a testament to his to being the greatest player of all time the greatest iron player of all time he's able to go out there and somehow gut it out and you just you know that if he has an early tea time it's a 50-50 chance whether or not he's able to swing the golf club in any sort of rhythm because of how long it takes to get his body ready. His body is broken, even though it's been put back together multiple times. If you look at the you know people who love to look at the swing speed number or just look, or the eye test, whatever it might be for Tiger Woods, like he just can't go out there 15 times a year and expect to to keep the body together. But guess what? There may be a week or two 
where he's able to go out there and be somewhat pain-free or manage the warm-up and have a 2019 Masters-type week where everything works and we get another one. He could win another major, which is remarkable because I do – and you want to talk about mental strength. If you put anybody else on the planet, any other golfer in that body, I don't know if they make the cut. And yet he is continuing to reinvent it. He's found joy again in the game. I think he likes being around those guys. He's, you know, he's a different sort of person, you know, to the younger players on the tour. Um, you know, while he wants to win, he's not looking to kill people like he was doing 15 years ago. And I use that term figuratively, but it's, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable comeback story. But again, I don't think we should ever be surprised if he finds a way to have his schedule be six tournaments a year, because I think that's what his body can really allow. And we saw it at Memorial where literally just sitting down to do an interview on a concrete step on a Tuesday for 10 minutes tweaked a little something to where by the time Friday morning rolled around, he was still having to deal with it and couldn't get fired up. And then in that round sort of cost him a chance to be in contention in that golf tournament. And that's just, what we're going to have week mm-hmm. in and week out with Tiger Woods. I suspect, uh, will Hats could kind of wrap up here that when we were talking about John Rahm and you said, uh, yeah, you know, if Rory catches wind with, and finds the inspiration, whereas, whereas Potter becomes a brush instead of a hammer, maybe some of these young players, whether we're talking about a Bryson or a Colin or, 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 or what have you, I suspect that if I asked you the same question, perhaps in a different way and said, going into the PGA championship, then as they go to Northern California, do you have a sense of the players that you would call your favorites thus would it come from that same pool as the John Rahm conversation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you have to look at the game right now in terms of you have an elite set of players. And while Rahm really wasn't that strong until he won at Memorial, and I think that had so much more to do with how difficult that golf course was. So we'll see what the setup is like. I mean, I think he's built to play really, really hard golf courses. I think you have to look at that short list of elite players right now, a Rahm, a Rory, you know, Justin Thomas, you know, should have won a couple of weeks ago. And then, you know, I think the hangover of that tournament, you know, sort of cost him a little bit in terms of Memorial. You know, again, it's a short list of guys who are, especially if you look at the numbers, are, you know, heads and shoulders above the rest of the game. And so because we've seen such top heavy numbers and I haven't crunched it in the last couple of majors, but we went through a stretch there, Matt where every major winner was coming from the top 20 in the world. Whereas 10, 12 years ago, you had the outlying stories. You know, you had the, the, the Angel Cabrera coming out of nowhere again and finding a way to win a major or, you know, Lucas Glover winning the U.S. Open. We don't see that right now because of how top-heavy the game of golf has truly become. So, yeah, looking forward to Harding Park, yeah, I think you have to go to that short list. It's a Rom, Rory, JT, guys that you already know have the game. And one of them, when you put them all together in one week, is going to find a way to rise out of the pack to the top. And you know what? I wouldn't don't sleep on the season that Webb Simpson's having or the run that Webb sure. Simpson's having over the last 18 months. I think he's the one guy that some that somehow still gets overlooked a lot in the game and he's doing it in sort of the antithesis to how the modern game is progressing. He's turned himself into an elite putter after being an anchorer and is an elite ball striker. And while he can't keep up with those guys above him in the world golf rankings off the tee, with grit and with putting, he's become a top five player in the world, which is remarkable. And if it turns into a ball striker's paradise, which it could at Harding Park and taking the driver in, in terms of um, being the weapon of choice, you know, I think Webb Simpson could certainly contend. 
Sure. It's also another major in Northern California. And, and there you go. credit with the length. He's picked up a little bit more off the tee. So in that kind of a philosophy of the, of the rich get richer, doesn't it all lend itself to just an amazing appreciation, kind of a, a true warmth for what Michael Thompson did this past weekend? Wasn't that great? Yeah, it is. And that's why I love being a part of our PGA Tour radio broadcast in the weeks. You know, I I have more fun sometimes at the John Deere classics of the world than I do major championships or players championships. I think that there's no better story on the PGA Tour than the guy who's sitting there every year, 80th to 130th in FedEx Cup points. And then they just get that one week that sort of changes their life. And I was looking at some of Michael's numbers while I was listening to your show before I came on. And, you know, he didn't touch a club during that break. Obviously, his family had decided to adopt a young child. He's been a better golfer, a significantly better golfer since that happened. So is that perspective? Is that, you know, how does that happen? You know, he says, like, you know, I've I've felt good. I need to get catch fire with the putter. Some of those things. Well, maybe there's something else. Maybe there's a sixth sense. There's an element that we can't totally quantify whether that's joy, whether that's balance, whether that's perspective, whatever it might be, he's been a significantly better golfer since the restart than he was before the shutdown. And he's rewarded with it. And, you know, one of those guys that he's more excited sometimes to talk to you than you are to him, which is very rare to find. I think, you know, a lot of guys are being pulled in a million different directions, you know, giving interviews or having chats can sometimes feel like it's a chore. Uh, that guy wants to come up and engage with you if you want to engage with him and just a salt of the earth type of human right there. So it, it was so cool to see. And those are the stories that while I know it doesn't resonate with a huge audience, it doesn't get the the TV ratings numbers like Michael Thompson winning on a Sunday isn't going to make CBS a ton of money compared to if it had been a Brooks Kepka Tony Finau duel down the stretch. But to those of us who are just mere mortals and humans getting to call the game, seeing those guys win, I think each and every week is why we really love the game. Absolutely brilliant. When will we be able to hear Will Haskett or see Will Haskett next? I'll be on the ground with our PGA Tour radio coverage this week in Memphis. So looking forward to uh, the WGC event there and uh, podcast every week. Um, my listeners, we actually made a little bit of money, I think, this past week. These uh, the lighter fields have been a little bit easier to handicap than the uh, the stronger fields since the restart. So uh, each and every week, uh, I think this week, uh, Duncan Carey from the 15th Club. If everybody doesn't know the 15th Club, they're a uh, they're a really good uh, stats and analytics based outlet that works with a lot of players in the world of golf. And uh, we're going to go through kind of what they look at to help their players this week and perhaps next week with some PGA picks on the pod. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and giving us a massive amount of time on this Monday. It's great to catch up because I told you, I'm very proud of the work that you're doing and the mark that you're making in golf media. And we wish you the very, very best. Always appreciate the outlet, Matt. Thanks bud. Thank you so much. That was Will Haskett joining us. WillHaskett.com is his website. Ireland.com is the website where you can check out a place that I know is on the bucket list for many, and rightfully so. We will get on the other side of all this and allow yourself to dream. Where do you want to go? If you want to go back there with us, you're more than welcome to. We're going in May. It's officially sold out, but we'll make a little room for it if you want to. Uh, fairwaysoflife.com slash Ireland 2021. But otherwise, just go to Ireland.com and you can see everything that this wonderful place has to offer, including the best Lynx golf courses 
in the world. Well, I was talking for so long with Will Haskey because I thought it was fascinating that I've used up our broadcast window for this Monday. So on tomorrow's show, I can tell you with conviction that you're going to hear from some big names that were in contention on the weekend. That was. We'll also be talking about that which lies ahead. Remember, this week is a World Golf Championship week. Plus, it is the first week since the lockdown where every tour is in play. Two events on the PGA Tour because it's a World Golf Championship week. That means the Barracuda Championship will be taking place as well. The LPGA gets started again this week with the LPGA Drive-On Championship. The PGA Tour Champions gets back into play again this week. The European Tour continues their march with of six weeks such as it is. One week in the books from what has been. We're going to hear from that winner as well in the Fairways of Life show. This week, the Hero Open will be played in Birmingham. And then the Corn Ferry Tour continues their march. All of these events lie in store in the days that are ahead of us. So in the days that are ahead of us in the Fairways of Life show, you'll hear from many of the the names that define the events that have been over the course of the week. You're going to hear from many of the voices that hope to define the week that lies ahead because when you've got a World Golf Championship event in particular, you're going to have a pretty stout uh, interview schedule that is set up by the World Tours, the seven tours that co-sanctioned these World Golf Championship events. What a weekend, what a week, what a joy it has been to be able to share golf as we're continuing to march our way through everything else that has predominantly defined 2020 uh, as yet. You guys have a great day. Be careful out there. Be nice to each other. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit FootJoy.com slash Shoe Finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products, so I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create to help me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? 
it's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com. <laughs> 